Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Hashtag menace to society, Pat. Pete Thamel. We just had a kombucha company disrupt high school football in Texas and college football. Five years ago, none of us knew what kombucha was. With SI's Pat Forty. Nobody's looking out for the common good of the sport here. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. Hi, welcome to the pod. Another week, another conference alignment. Three conferences may hold hands now. The Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12, an alliance to take on the uh, the SEC. This is turning into like a Star Wars plot. <laughs> good song, man. It is a good I song. Didn't, I didn't watch the last like seven Star Wars. I, I don't know how many Star Wars I had. I only know like the original one. But uh, yeah, this is the alliance. The Pac-12, ACC, and Big Ten, some kind of scheduling allowance. Would they like freeze out SEC non-conference games. I'm not really sure how that works. Is that really a good idea? Can't. Um, can't on some of them. There's literally like Florida and Florida State are playing, right? Good to play. There's a lot <laughs> good to play SEC team. So I don't know how that works. Big 12 doesn't appear to be in the alliance. They're like jumping up and down. Maybe they're like the Ewoks in this thing. Oh, the Ewoks <laughs> did some fighting, right? <laughs> yeah. We're yeah, not just going to make Star Wars references for like the rest of the podcast. Okay? <laughs> I hope not. The Big 12 are, you know, some of the more fringe characters in that bar. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> they're extras at this point. <laughs> That's about right. Oklahoma State's like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> anyway, there's a possibility. This is all from the athletic uh, possibility of a title game meetup. The one thing I think these three leagues should do really quickly is get the playoff passed. Or, or actually allow the thing to go to a bid. Don't allow ESPN, the SEC's partner, to own the entire playoff, unfortunately. I think this could push it back. I don't know. A lot of different things. Pete, you were talking a long time ago about the ACC Pac-12 alliance, bringing in the Big Ten. Thoughts on this? and What, what do you know about it? Just you made the playoff point with the, with the bidding. And I think what really needs to happen, especially for the Pac-12 and the, and the ACC in this, is started in two years and also have dual bidding. So there are two different places who show it. And that is tricky. Like, that is not going to be easy. Because ESPN, it could be their negotiating tact to say, nope, we're just going to wait and let it roll through. But they risk what happened to CBS with the SEC, which was when CBS didn't sweeten the pot for Missouri and A&M, and they didn't 
realized they, when they just basically tried to milk every nickel out of this sweetheart $55 million deal where you show the best game and the title game every week, didn't realize the market had changed. They should probably take care of their partner a little better. The SEC was just like, all right, if you're not going to take care of us now, we ain't going to deal with you on the back end. And that's why they're going to ESPN exclusively on the uh, on the other side. So the college football playoffs in a really interesting point. Can you basically strong arm ESPN and say, we need you to give up exclusive negotiating rights, dual bid with somebody else for half of these rights, maybe give them some advantages, like if it's a 10-year deal, they get six title games, sometimes it's four, whatever. But those those need to be split up, and that's a very common refrain we've now heard across the sport. So is there anybody at the playoff that's deft enough to get ESPN to come to the table, give up a very, you know, significant exclusive negotiating window and accept a partner and do it in a time frame that should be exclusive to them. I think that's, it's a lot to ask, but the whole tenor of this season is going to be, well, these are the four teams that are going to make it, but this is what it would be look like with 12. Whoever leaked, got that out first, that this was going to happen was genius because you can't replicate the pressure of, Coastal Carolina would be in it. Uh, Nevada just won a big game on a Friday. They'd be in it. In in like, you can't do that and then wait. Yeah, five seasons. That's just five seasons is an eternity. We just had a kombucha company disrupt high school football in Texas and college football. Five years ago, none of us knew what kombucha was. Like five seasons is like. I just got out of Ohio State today, and and Ryan Day just kept saying both in his press conference and his office after like everything is changing so fast. Everything about roster management, everything about recruiting, everything about name, image, and likeness. Just the world is changing at an unbelievable rate. And to make people wait for fun, that would be really hard. That would be that would be a lot of people opening themselves up to some unpopular uh, decisions. So anyway, Pat, you have any thoughts on that? We can get to the, uh, the grand Star Wars alliance in a bit. Well, I mean, I think it's another reason to... Um to be a little bit ticked off at the this SEC, you know, takeover and and Texas and Oklahoma going there because again, it may suit them and it may suit the SEC. It doesn't doesn't spoot, suit the sport as a whole. At least those of us who think the sport's better off with a bigger playoff than with a smaller one, because all it does is throw roadblocks in the way of having the playoff expand. Uh, so you know, we'll see how that's going to resolve itself, but. From an alliance standpoint, I, I, I completely understand these leagues all talking to each other. I, again, I just think that what we are continuing to see is people trying to – everybody's trying to one-up each other. And then if you're on the wrong side of the being one-up, you're trying to figure out somebody else to come in with you so you can go back at the other side. Again, nobody's looking out for the common good of the sport here. An alliance helps some people, doesn't help everybody. Uh, so we'll have to see what an alliance actually means, what it looks like. But again, I, I, I just think we're, we continue to head down a road towards a college athletic sphere that's less good for most people. Seems like we need this one central governing body, maybe put it in Indianapolis. That could like over <laughs> um, I, yeah, no, this, this is the problem. Nobody's in charge and the ones that are, don't care about the other ones. They don't care about the good of the game. So here you are. And and when we get that hint of they do, like we're going to expand this playoff because this isn't working, then it all gets then the gets all shot up because they're not looking for they're still out for themselves. I don't know what the alliance does. I don't know. I mean, obviously, other than just you kind of have to do something to say, look, SEC, we're 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 unified against you at this point. 
whatever that means, I don't know. But you know, do you, do you, do you, we can we can create some thunder and cause a little trouble too. We can we could have a, a Pac-12, ACC, Big Ten championship round robin or something that could do some pretty pretty hefty numbers. We can find ways to to do this if need be. I don't know how that really would work, but. In terms of the playoff, yeah, I, I don't know that the SEC, I mean, if you sit there to go to the SEC, look, you guys designed the playoff. You're going to benefit from this playoff. Let's just do it now. Uh, and, you know, but who's who would, who runs the playoff? You say someone's got to be deft enough at the playoff. Like, who's yeah. in charge of the playoff? It's a TV Bill, contract. It's a yeah. TV. Yeah, Bill Hancock's in charge, but he's not in charge. He's no. the guy who runs it. That's he's the just- shopkeeper. So that's what we're saying. And, like, is Burke Magnus running the playoff, or is there, are we going to have him and Fox combined to run it with the input from the Power Four ish? Or what? And you saw that the Rose Bowl sent out this thing, this email. <laughs> Rose Bowls, we need preferential yeah. treatment, and, and you know, yeah. Oh my head, you know, and <laughs> but but it can't be so. Like the thing about the Rose Bowl that's so annoying is when we. Did all the BCS stuff. I was like, all right, you guys should be the play. You should get the championship game every year. You want preferential treatment? How more preferential is the damn championship game every year? No, we right. don't want that. Yeah, no, no. no they, we don't want that. Because it You're has like, to be on January 1st at 5 o'clock. It has to be January for 5 o'clock Eastern. It's like, guys, it's just a pain in the ass. Like, you'll turn down a better deal. <laughs> Yeah. Imagine a city in America being like, I don't want the Super Bowl every year. No, <laughs> that doesn't work for us at all. Yeah. Unless we what can I need schedule you to the do, Super Bowl for exactly when we want it. We don't want yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And I'll take a quarterfinal game. At the, it's like, you know, we're trying to work with you here. Yeah. They're like, that's not going to work. So you can't. It, it, it's the whole thing. Stupid. I, I'm with you on this season because it's almost like, OK, we're talking AP poll in a sec. You look at this thing and you're just already excited for the eight teams. Like or the the twelve teams. I mean, it's, there's, there's no, no way doubt. to. Yeah, there's you no can't doubt. do this back and sit there and go, "Oh, that worked." These seasons will increasingly become non. Like people will be like that. That doesn't count. Put an asterisk on it. This system's stupid. This system's done. It's like you know the last BCS or something. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's come." Like it's just like you go. Oh, that's not how it should work. It's it's like an unsinkable ship that they keep ramming into the damn iceberg. <laughs> yeah. Find out what'll finally get it. What will finally sink the ship? Like we we're, we're the suckers that love the sport too much. Yeah. It's right. Like I can't kill this sport with mismanagement and backstabbing. <laughs> Dan, I have an idea. Perhaps you write a sarcastic vitriol filled <laughs> book that mocks the people who run the college football playoff, the major stakeholders and the bowls. Call and you just make out. it like a, a 12 chapter undressing where you just lay to bear all their corruption. Do you think you can do that? Yeah. Epic Wonder, athletes. I was yeah. Non-epic epic cronyism. Yeah. Epic cronyism. Death of the CFP. The sequel. Let's go. Get your fingers moving, Wetzel. The big thing when we came out, it's so mean. I mean, I should have been meaner. Yeah. Right. You're really mean. It was very mean. Well, look what you're doing. How hard is this? You have one of the greatest products in American entertainment, and you can't get out of your own way. Anyway, here comes the Alliance. That's why this podcast is good. This is where people come for mean. We're here for the mean. We hate you all. Yeah. Hate everybody. Oh, uh, we'll get around yes. to hating everybody. But I don't think the SEC's scared <laughs> of this alliance. They're just building their Death Star. They do not. They don't see it coming. 
<laughs> I ain't scared of that alliance. That alliance isn't like... <laughs> Listen here, we're going to make sure Syracuse gets a game against uh, Washington State, <laughs> yeah. winner place, Kansas State. Okay, yeah. yeah. yeah well, we'll be Wednesday night on FS1. This, one, yeah. You know, one of the funny things that was came along with everybody talking about this alliance, oh, you're going to get to see USC play Clemson. You're going to get to see that. Well, okay, that's like a couple teams years. per conference. What are you doing with everybody else? <laughs> Who's getting excited for Purdue-Wake Forest? Who's getting excited for – I am. <laughs> you get excited for Kent State Toledo. We know that. But I, I, I mean, you know, where, where the, that you can talk about the top games all you want, but there has to be a little bit more depth to it. The other thing, Clemson play every week. Yeah, That's right. Clemson has <laughs> to play like, 23 uh, games to make this attractive. When when Brazil does had to host the World Cup and this great cronyism, they built like 40 60,000 seat soccer stadiums all over their country when like in these towns of like 61,000 people live in the city and they get a 60,000 seat soccer stadium and they're like, well, we're just going to have Shakira concerts. They'll, they'll fill them up. I'm like, how many concerts is Shakira going to play in Brazil? Like that's the whole plan. <laughs> I'm sure she's a great act and very popular, but I don't think do that's a long term solution. Year for five years. <laughs> how many times are people going to watch Shakira? Like your soccer team, your local pro team uh, draws 11,000. I think this stadium might be too big. But I'm sure the guy who got the, con the concrete contract disagreed. So I, I think this alliance, if we, could, if we could steer back from Shakira for a second, speaks to one of the fundamental factors that could potentially indelibly change college football as we know it. And I, I've mentioned this before, but I think the way this alliance was explained to me, first of all, a lot of it's going to be legislative, right? Which is super Snoresville. Like, do, if we ever spent 30 seconds thinking about or discussing legislation an autonomy conference can have versus a non-autonomy conference can have, meaning power five versus non-power five, like zero. It, it basically got, it's, it's a legislative label that means you're in the big boy club, you're out of the big boy club. Like, people are asking me, will we still be power five? And it's, it just doesn't matter. You need access to the playoff. That's what really matters. That's the indicator of power. And with the 12 team, everybody's at least got like a puncher's chance at all that. So the, the way the alliance was explained to me was, yes, there would be some window dressing extra games. And you have to remember the, the subtext of this entire realignment phase that we're in right now is ESPN versus Fox, right? So the... ACC obviously has that exclusive deal with ESPN they want to get out of. And ESPN is not going to get let them out of that deal because it's a super great deal. Like if I had a deal with Pat and I want to bet and he had to send me a bottle of Tito's every week for three years and we had a contract and then something happened and he was like, I'd be like, no, just keep sending me the Tito's. Like it's just like, it's just like I am, I am winning constantly on this. The ACC deal is so bad that the SEC will redo the deal that hasn't started yet for 10 years, which starts in 24, before the ACC deal is done. I mean, think about that. It'll be quadru quadruple annually what the ACC is getting when they renegotiate in 2034, I believe, if I'm doing, I'm doing math right. So let's just like take the Big Ten right now. They play nine league games. Say they change it to eight, and Ohio State plays USC and North Carolina. So just say those, like, say that happened. That's neat. That's great. That's good. That's That, to me, again, selfishly as a fan who does not want the game to turn into silos, right? Like, we don't root for anybody, but we can root for, like, the game to be the best product 
consuming for possible. I mean, 10 years ago, or a little more than that, remember every opening week game was just like Penn State versus, uh, you know, Stroudsburg. And it was just like the, the product has come such a long way and it's such a good product. And if the SEC goes to 10 league games, it is it is not going to be good for the rest of college football. It will be very good for the SEC. It will be very good for ESPN. But outside of those contractual games, the Florida, Florida State, Clemson, South Carolina, Kentucky, Louisville, et cetera, Georgia, Georgia Tech, there won't you won't see these teams play other teams. And I think that's part of the fun of college football is Absolutely. seeing the – like that is the essence of the darn thing. Like you want to see the familiar, but you also want to see the new and unfamiliar. Ohio State has Alabama on the schedule. Like, do you think about, the, Pat, the most memorable regular season games you and I have been lucky enough to cover the last 20 years? Like, just, like, marked them on the calendar, knew you were going. Like, Clemson George will be on that list. But you think back to, uh, there was, like, Ohio State, Texas. Texas, yes. Texas USC. Like, those are games, like, those are the ones you, 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 you look forward to for years to come. And... I give all these schools credit. They've scheduled their tails off. There's a bunch of really attractive games. And I just think losing those is bad for the sport. Now, I'm not sitting here telling ESPN how to make money or not make money, telling the SEC what to do. But I, I'm saying is for the good of the sport, I like this scheduling lines. Now, is it really smart for the Big Ten to be aligning themselves with weaker entities? Probably not, right? Is it really smart for... Because remember, it's not the leagues anymore. It's the big brands that are really in charge right now in this era. I mean, I think if you're USC, you want to see what this looks like. You want to see the financial additive. But this isn't transformative. This isn't going to get ACC out of their out of their bad deal. This isn't going to like get the money to the point USC stops looking at other options and stops thinking about going, uh, you know, going independent or going to the or, or anything like that. Like it's a nice added revenue driver. It's a nice creative way to do things. It's a nice, we're not being complacent, but I'm skeptical that, and there are a lot of people still skeptical that this, it, it's real and it's probably going to happen, but there's a lot of skepticism of this alliance. And, and like, what does it give to Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin? What does it give to USC? Like, what is it, what does it really, what does it really deliver to the, to, you know, to the brands who are going to be leaned on for the for the premium uh, for the premium product, and I just think I, it's just I, I don't I'm I'm a little just baffled why the Big Ten is is all in like uh, immediately on it. May, that I wonder if that's TBD. I I, I mean we'll see. I, I, for now, I think as to Pete's point, I think it behooves everybody to look like you're interested in it at least because you got to look like you're doing something. Uh, yeah, because the SEC has just made this power move and everybody has to react, but very much to Pete's point. I mean, like I've been looking at the schedules and the sec non-conference schedules have never been more interesting than early. Oh, this they're season. the best Alabama, Miami, Texas, A&M, Colorado in Denver, LSU at UCLA, Louisville, Mississippi, never played before Auburn at Penn state. NC State, Mississippi State, a nice mid-tier game. Arkansas, Texas play each other again. Uh, Clemson, uh, Georgia, as we said, maybe the most interesting non-conference game in years in terms of rankings, at least. Florida is playing at USF, which they should win, and that's savvy scheduling on their point, but they give a chance to somebody in the state there. You know, you go through it. Missouri-Boston College, never played before. 
Uh, there's just a lot of interesting games that would be wiped off the map if we if everybody goes to their own little silos. Also, like you want that intra regional thing. You know, the sports still regional, still regionally based, and when and and there are teams where you could be a uh, most of the Big Ten roots. They're not they're not Ohio State fans, right? But if Ohio State's carrying that flag and playing Oregon, they're going to root for Ohio State. And and they're going to root for them in Chicago and in Detroit. And, you know, they're going to if, if it's a if it's an SEC Big Ten thing, they're going to root for the Big Ten. As for this alliance, if you look at the TV properties, the Big Ten is bringing all the heft. They got they got Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan and Wisconsin and Michigan State's not a not a dog of a TV draw. Like they've got the big ones. And then you go, all right, well, who, who who's the ACC guy? Well, they got Clemson and Florida State. The Pac-12's got Oregon, and like they're bringing more teams, you know. And you can say oh, Penn State, how you know they haven't made a playoff. Michigan hadn't made a playoff. Not in TV numbers, they make a playoff. I'll tell you that, you know. Like <laughs> that's those games bring viewers, and so that's an, an, uh, any kind of alliance between the Big Ten and these others. Big Ten's got more. They're bringing the big ones because it, it's not, it's not these. It's not getting a Purdue Pitt game going. That's just that's just already. And if one of these, remember, we were talking the other day about scheduling, and it was like, well, be, you know, we're kind of help some of these California schools play at the in the in Texas. Like if they did a Big Twelve thing, like imagine if Cal's playing Texas Tech, and we're like, oh, they are. <laughs> I guess it's not <laughs> right. Like you're like, oh, that already got scheduled. <laughs> like it doesn't like it's not that hard to schedule these games. You don't need an alliance. That'll be this. this that's today's version. We gotta save more for tomorrow for <laughs> later in the week. Who knows? Uh, AP poll came out Monday. Look, we went through the whole USA Today one last week. It's the same teams pretty much. A few things of note. Uh, obviously, this thing has no bearing on the committee, but still interesting. Uh, it starts Alabama one. Oklahoma is two. Uh, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, as you expect. Texas A&M, Iowa State is seven, which is higher up than in the coaches poll, which I, I think that's where they belong. Real interesting. Cincinnati. Do you think they is, sent some of that uh, Ames tap water gear that our Twitter followers sent to us to uh, the AP voters? Maybe they're at the Ames Fresh Tap uh, trucker hats. <laughs> I think the AP poll voters listen to this podcast. What I think happened. <laughs> we do probably Cincinnati. have an inordinately high percentage of that. We probably have an inordinately high. Cincinnati is eight highest group of five preseason ranked teams in the playoff. Uh, something like that. Yeah, right? It's a good factoid. That was what they always did to Boise. Boise would like, you know, win the beat Oklahoma and, you know, the returning 19 starters. <laughs> and then they'd be 24 the next year. Ah, they yeah. weren't that good. Oh, oh they weren't that good. It's, the one year they had six draft picks and everyone was like, eh, I don't think they got any talent. And it's like, uh, check the yeah. mock drafts, man. And Kevin yeah. Moore isn't one of them. Like, yeah. yeah, they got some guys. They got some guys. Cincinnati is eight. So whatever positioning you get there. Notre Dame, nine. North Carolina, 10. Uh, Oregon 11 is top of the uh, of the Pac-12. All right, here's what I want to go through, though. 2011 and 20, basically every year, at least one team that is not in the top 25, not ranked preseason, makes the top 10 in the final poll. So somebody comes from nowhere to have a great season. I guess there wasn't one last year, so I can't, can't come up. But there was also like six games last year. Yeah. Which... Out that is not ranked, could you see making a run at the top 10? I will give you the others without vote with votes uh, that didn't make it. 
just as a as a teaser. Oklahoma State, Mississippi, TCU, Liberty, Auburn, NC State, Michigan, Northwestern, Nevada, Boise, Ball State, BYU, Houston, Boston College, Central Florida, West Virginia, Army. The AP poll has it as Army West Point. Is there another campus? Oh, the Army has insisted on being called Army West Point for the last really? few years. Yes, they want they want to be called Army West Point. I don't I don't know why. Like a directional. <laughs> it's supposed to army stuff. I don't listen army to West- I don't listen to a lot of like SIDs or people who try to tell me to do stuff, but I probably listen to Army if they called. Well, I don't. I mean, they, those guys they, they can shoot you. They have a lot of a lot of yeah. weapons. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Army West it's Point. It's not just press box food and seating that can hold over our heads. There's. <laughs> I just don't. I'm not. I don't get that. Anyway, whatever. Navy, do you say Navy Annapolis, Air Force, Colorado Springs? I mean, there's a lot of Army bases, but I don't expect like to have a team. Yeah, like Fort Bragg or something. Army <laughs> Fort Bragg is that like their D two team? Anyway, UAB and uh, UCLA, or anybody else you want to come up with, who wants to take the first crack at which one of these teams? Common sense says you should probably look for a power five school, but I'm going to go, I'm going to zag from that and say central Florida, um, because they've got a lot of talent. They got a new coach in Malzahn who, if he has rejuvenated himself as he very much tried to make it look after his, what was it, in, in, it just intolerable two weeks out of coaching. If Gus has got it together and you've got Dylan Gabriel at quarterback, they got 17 starters back, and they've got a schedule that people will pay attention to, I think. They open with Boise on a Thursday night. That first Thursday of the season, people are going to be watching a lot of football. Boise brings a name. You win that game. You've got at Louisville two weeks later. Uh, I'm not sure Louisville's great, but they're an ACC team. And then biggest of all, you've got at Cincinnati October 16th, where if Cincinnati gets through the early part of the schedule, beats Indiana, beats Notre Dame, even beats one of the two, and is highly ranked, and you can beat them in Nippert, uh, then you've put some things on, you've put some skins on the wall. And so I I think Central Florida, while I, I wouldn't necessarily pick it, but I can see a path for Central Florida to end up being the you know, group of five uh, school that cracks the top 10. I really thought Pat was going to pick my team and I was going to be really mad at him, but he didn't, luckily. Pat just said, I'm going to pick Central Florida. They play all these really hard games. (laughs) Au contraire, Pat, the Nevada Wolf Pack will be the surprise team to crash the top 10. They do not have the brand recognition of our friends in Orlando from the bounce house, but what they do have is the perfectly soft enough to win but just enough name recognition schedule without any games that there'll be any sort of significant underdog. They go to Cal to open the season. They go, they got Iowa State, and then they go at Kansas State and at Boise. Idaho State. Idaho State. I'm sorry, Idaho State. Forgive me. Forgive me. That on this type of podcast, that is actually like a very cardinal sin. Uh, <laughs> I will uh I will do my I will do my wind sprints and push-ups for uh for, for that. What is it? What, where's Idaho State? I'm going to get myself in trouble. Uh, which one's in Pocatello, Moscow? I believe. I Pocatello. Believe it's yeah, Pocatello. It's East, Eastern, or Eastern Idaho. Yes. Okay. Forgive me. Forgive me, our friends in Idaho and at Idaho State. So it's Idaho State in week two, at Kansas State, at Boise State. If they come out of that 4-0, they should be right on the cusp of the top 10. If they're 3-1 and after that, which is, which is realistic with Carson Strong at quarterback, with a 
you know, the best set of receivers and tight ends in the uh, in the Mountain West. And Boise isn't quite the Boise we remember. They'll be they'll be heavily favored to run the table from that point on, which could give them a puncher's chance at the uh, at the old top ten. So I am uh, I'm all in on Jay Norvell's crew this year. I, I think with when we look at all these mid major group of five, whatever you want to call them, teams with like a glut of returning starters, Nevada to me has as good of quality returning starters as uh, as as anyone. So uh, there you have it. Tell your friends it's Nevada season. All right. If I was going to go non-group, I would throw it at Liberty. They got Syracuse, Ole Miss, Louisiana, Raging Cajuns, and Army West Point. But I don't think they can get to top 10. I think they go undefeated. And even with that, would probably not make it. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Obviously, they got to play really well. And that offense has to come through. But this schedule, if LSU is not returned to form, if LSU is stumbling and bumbling and it's gettable, you got Louisville and Atlanta, they can win it. Now, they got that great year, obviously. But to be in the top 10, you have to. They get Austin P, Tulane. They're at Bama. There's an L. But what if it's more of a shootout? Not so bad. They, they, they almost Arkansas. won by losing to Bama last year. Because remember, yeah, everyone right. was like, everyone had their jaws dropped because they they hung whatever forty five in the first half. I'm making it up, but like they scored enough on them and and played shootout with them enough that really raised the credibility of Lane's time there more so I think than any win. Lane's great at getting a win to be a, a loss to be a win. Remember yes, the great Florida great game that he just kept close. Oh yeah, they get Arkansas at home. They get, they're at Tennessee. Again, if LSU isn't that great, they can beat LSU at home. They beat Auburn. They beat Liberty. They get Texas A&M at home. And then they got Vandy and Mississippi State. Like 10 and 2, if, if, if Ole Miss has a good season, if they're good, they could be 10 and 2. And, and that A&M game might be really interesting. If you're 10 and 2 in the SEC West, probably in the top 10, right? Yeah, yeah, does, for sure. Does that prediction require them to play defense? <laughs> I, the, the sheer folly of predicting an old Miss team led by Lane Kiffin to I go mean, in the top ten. We're all we're all out there on a limb a bit right now. Okay? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, this is what the by nature is, right? this, this exercise does have that. Should yeah. we do I'm one just more? Saying, yeah, no, no, not, it's a good pick. None of this pick. is out of. None of this is completely improbable. Yes. Should we do one more round, Pat? You got another one? Sure, go ahead. Um, I'll take both of those. I'll, I'll do a snake draft. So we go back to. NC State is like the most vanilla program in the country, right? Like they just uh, completely undistinguished. They are very good. They're very consistent. They've produced a ton of NFL players during Dave Doran's time there. They lack sort of that breakthrough win. They lack that one moment where you're like, yeah, think, think about like the most notable thing that's happened to NC State the last 15 years was Russell Wilson leaving and going to Wisconsin and then becoming obviously one of the best, uh, best quarterbacks in the NFL. So that said – I really think when you look at NC State this year, they return 18 starters. You know, it's funny. I was talking to Manny Diaz about super seniors at uh, ACC Media Day. He came up to me. I had asked him a question at a press conference. He came up to me after, and it was like, he's like, you know what? He was like, I was thinking about what you're asking. He was like, nobody talks about NC State. He's like, I think they're really, really good. So they have USF. They're at Mississippi State, which is very winnable. They have Furman. Clemson goes to Raleigh. And if, if if NC State's 3-0 and at that point, Clemson still isn't what we remember from them three years ago. Just in terms of defensive line, they're there. Offensive line, they're still not there. Receiver, they have injury questions. Um, the talent is certainly there. So 
long story short, like there's a there's a path for if you look at the NC State schedule for them to go ten and two. Like that's not that's not completely out of the question. And they close the year with North Carolina, who could well be a top ten team. And if they if they beat them, and they're they're kind of hanging around that top fifteen rank at that point, I think they're uh, I think they're there. But Tim Beck did an unbelievable job turning that offense around. They they made like the dud coordinator hire two years ago to to kind of keep the staff together for recruiting. It didn't happen. Tim came in, turned him into a professional operation, similar to when Drinkowitz was there a couple years back. Devin Leary, the quarterback, solid, upper-middle-class ACC quarterback. Yeah, they've got one of the best linebackers in the ACC who will get drafted this year. I, I just think, like, when I look at them, I just, they ooze, like, competence. Yeah, I know. I, I agree that they're one of those schools that, A, this is one of those years where they look like they are at the peak of their game and B, it's, you know, outside of Clemson, it's it's all manageable. I'm going to go with Minnesota. You know, look, Big Ten teams are going to get a ton of respect. They always do. So if you piece together a winning streak, which I look, think they can, they open on Thursday night with Ohio State. You play them close. You've got 20 returning starters, at least on paper here. Uh, you've got a quarterback who's been through the wars. You've got a 1,000-yard rusher. Uh, most of the players are back on defense, which may ne- not necessarily be a good thing given how the defense performed <laughs> last year. But presume they get better. So, all right, you lose to Ohio State. They get those play two well. defensive linemen transfers too, Pat. They got the kid from Clemson. Um, uh, Niles Pinckney from Clemson. Yeah, Niles yep. Pinckney, good player. Yeah, good yep. player. Yep. So you lose to Ohio State, but you play well. Miami of Ohio, Colorado, Bowling Green, Purdue, Nebraska, Maryland, Northwestern, Illinois. Why can't you win any of those? I remember when they were undefeated, they were like 9-0 and at one point two years ago. You give them a COVID mulligan, all of a sudden they're sitting there 8-1, and one, and then they finish at Iowa, at Indiana, Wisconsin. And I think they, they might have a chance. But again, obviously, many things have to go right. Many people have to play well. But I, I think that the, 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 the schedule, the crossover games are Maryland and Indiana. You didn't get Ohio. Well, you do have Indiana, Ohio State as well. But you don't have Penn State in there. So I, I think they've got a chance in terms of schedule and returning uh, experience. Yeah, Chris Ottman Bell, their really good receiver, is dinged up right now. He is week to week, PJ Flex said this week. And that will be for those interested parties who may be putting a little extra action on that opening Thursday. I would not put that extra action on opening Thursday till uh, seeing what happens to Chris Ottman Bell. They, they really feel confident there and the Minnesota offensive staff that he can replace Rashad Bateman's production. He was obviously the first round pick who went to the Ravens uh, from Minnesota a couple of years ago. But that will be that will be something for certain interested parties to uh, to follow. Pretty much all of our listeners. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Including the AP voters. Get ready for our we're having a weekly breakout uh, gambling co- uh, pod this year. This year, the race yep. for the case is getting broken out into its own. Yep. So it's the super degenerate group. Yes, which our faithful listeners, who most of whom are degenerates, will remember we did two years ago. Yeah, it's true. Right. We're back to that. Yes. Yeah, we know. Dan didn't really? do it, so I mean, the listeners, I'm sure, really appreciated that it was just. Yeah, how past, did I? So. I wasn't allowed to do that one. I don't get. No, I, I think you were just you like lazy. You wanted to go. I think you disallowed yeah. yourself. How did I just? What do I have like a code or something? <laughs> I think you, you said you didn't want to do it. That was what my take. I could be wrong. I don't recall. I don't recall. All right, we knew uh, you'd sell out eventually, Wetzel. We know you're kind. <laughs> That's all nice, glowing, exciting, possible. Th- I mean, NC State fans are like, yes, Steve Torrance yes. can take us on top. Let's get to some negativity. 19 of the last 20 years, there's been a preseason top 10 team that absolutely dogged out, didn't even finish ranked. 
Let's get to let's get to some negativity. Which one of these teams will be unranked at the end of the season? We'll just have a horrible year. Whew. Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Texas A&M, Iowa State, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, or North Carolina. Who wants to go first? I don't think we need to snake draft this because I don't yeah. think we're getting to Alabama. Wake up the echoes of days gone by when Brian Kelly was unpopular at Notre Dame back when they went four and eight in 2016. I'm not saying they're going to go four and eight, but this schedule has a lot of kind of hidden landmines in it. I think starting with this five different games, the other team is coming off an open week when Notre Dame is not which is just an unbelievable like scheduling quirk or whatever. But this is part of the problem when you're an independent. you got to schedule people when you can. You don't have a league office necessarily helping you out. So you are going to play Wisconsin when Wisconsin's coming off a bye week. You're going to play Cincinnati when Cincinnati's coming off an open week. You're going to play Virginia Tech when Virginia Tech's coming off an open week. North Carolina and Virginia. Five different games, which is just – I'm not sure I've seen that before. Maybe it's happened, but it's been a while, I am pretty sure. Factor in, okay, Florida State thinks they're going to be a lot better. Toledo thinks they're going to be a lot better. Purdue thinks they're going to be a lot better. You're playing a lot of schools that think that they are on the uptick here. I can. It's hard for Notre Dame to drop in the rankings because everybody loves ranking them, but I think you can put together a scenario. I'm not saying I'm predicting it, but only three starters back on offense. You're counting on Jack Cohen a lot at quarterback. I think you can put together a scenario when Notre Dame goes – Six and six, and people say, what the hell happened to the Irish? Fair enough. I mean, again, these are hard picks. This, yeah. This, this makes no sense. So, Well, I mean, the the other obvious one would be North Carolina if you're going to make one of those hard picks. But I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go outside the box a little for our podcast, which is really just an Iowa State tap water tasting podcast doubled as a college football podcast. But I am going to... Play the uh, song, Sully. <laughs> Play it in the background. There Thank will you. be no hooray for me. Matt Campbell, I don't believe, has ever beaten Iowa, right? So that game is still a coin flip game, correct? Then you have Road K State, home Texas at Oklahoma. And look, it's it, you got to go to West Virginia. Like, you, it's not completely off the rails for a program that got housed by Louisiana last year to lose three or four games and not end up in the top 25. I don't think that is like an improbable scenario. It's a lot easier for me to cast that scenario than to say that, you know, one of the big SEC powers ends up falling on their face and doing that, especially like Georgia's schedule. My God, if they're not in the top 25, like something would have gone horribly wrong. I have a baseline belief in, in North Carolina, but that said, they could lose in Blacksburg opening weekend. People lose in Blacksburg all the time. And that, that could that that could spiral them. As, I, as I've often joked on this podcast, nobody wins the offseason like Mac Brown. So there's there's other places to uh, to, to look. Well, I, you guys are a bunch of dreamers. I, if because the the obvious one is Cincinnati. Cincinnati could drop out of this thing. Yeah. First off, you know everyone's like, hey, they got a chance to be top four because they're at Indiana and at Notre Dame. They could also lose them both. Sure. They could lose decisively. Both. I mean, who knows? Like they're playing at, uh, road games, so that's possible. They also still have to play UCF. They have to play at Navy Annapolis. Navy Annapolis. <laughs> uh, and they got SMU. 
and you don't have depth. I don't want to wish anything, but like, you know, you don't have the depth that, that big programs have. Injuries can be absolutely crushing, especially at a skill position. And, you know, I, I think Cincinnati is going to be really good this year, and I'd prefer to see them make a push for the playoff. But I don't think it's like four or five losses out of question. If you're an AAC, AAC team that goes eight and four at the end of the year, you can very easily be out of the top 25. Uh, you should be out. So that, to me, is the obvious one. Uh, they have the biggest swing uh, possible. They could, they could, they could conceivably make the playoff, but they could also end up seven and five or something like that. So that's who I'm taking. It's a good exercise. Let's not talk ourselves into Ohio State somehow not being ranked. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, you Purdue beat them like the five years ago as possible. Like we need to stay negative. We can't let these high rankings dilute right. our potential negativity. Let's take a moment of positivity and look at week one TV. Week one, not week zero, which is coming up, but week one. Clemson, Georgia. I mean, there are five uh, ranked games. Clemson, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, Miami, Penn State at Wisconsin, Indiana at Iowa, and Louisiana Lafayette at Texas. There's also Ohio State at Minnesota. North Carolina is at Virginia Tech is a good one. We have We've talked about LSU at UCLA. There's some other really good games. I mean, that's just going to be awesome. That's, that's Labor Day weekend. Fantastic. You know what? Can't Tip wait. of the cap to the Big Ten for changing up its scheduling in recent years here and putting some league games right away. And not just some league games, but some good ones. I mean, you know, Indiana-Iowa is going to be really good. Uh, Ohio State-Minnesota uh, could be really good. Penn State-Wisconsin absolutely is going to be really good. So... Big Ten really uh, doing us a solid here this first weekend. We even talked about like super intriguing games like Nebraska at Illinois. Yeah, right. That has huge ramifications both for the for where Nebraska's headed and that program and Scott Frost and like the start of the Brett Bielema. Like it's just a just a fun it's just a fun game that you're not going to just normally put in there. So I just, a uh, lot of good You're going stuff. there, Pat, correct? You're headed to Champaign? That's, that is my intention, yes. Um, want to want to be there to see, yeah, Brett Bielema come back into the Big Ten and and Scott Frost at a crossroads here, yeah. That's, that's really smart scheduling because if that was week three, it would have been the yeah. 11th game you would have thought about going exactly. to. Exactly, exactly. So you kind of love Champagne anyway. Are you going to go see your bar owner there, the guy you did the feature on? Oh, I sure hope so. Absolutely. Sure you didn't pick so. the guy that didn't have good craft beers. You didn't pick like the the, the guy <laughs> who sold right. Bush Light. <laughs> exactly. No, I don't go to the Wetzel bars. I'm sorry. I go to my, the places where they're going to serve me oh, a good beer. I took care of you in Tokyo. I oh, took you care did. of you. In, no, no. Okay. We, I don't we, hear any more crap. <laughs> I hook you up with my supplier. Uh, we have Dan's got a guy. Epic, He's got a guy. Epic night in Tokyo. That's for sure. I got a guy in every city in the country. And there's some. Little dirt bag town in the Midwest or or West Texas or or the biggest city in the world. I got a guy. Just trust me. Yeah, we're not even talking uh, Louisville, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, Florida State, right. Duthane, Cookman, UTEP. I mean, that's going to be a good one. <laughs> Wetzel always that working was, the UTEP angle. What was the – was it UTEP, Abilene – what was the game last year where my daughter lectured me? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was it was a UTEP game, and I think it was Albaline Christian who then was. ended up having the big basketball. Season. Can't yeah, remember. Central Arkansas was definitely part of Wetzel's downward spiral. I was watching yeah. on ESPN. I watched three, three Central Arkansas games last year. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, the Bears, right? Weren't they the Bears? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was bad Still early, more, man. I think. Remember, we, we picked we picked the first Central Arkansas game, and Pat is forever pissed. <laughs> Got it, it was wrong, Central Arkansas yeah. Austin P, right? <laughs> yes. And the Govs were set to win, and then they blew it at the end, didn't they, or not? I'm trying to remember. You were pissed. I remember that. Like, the text yeah. message stream was like... <laughs> but yes, Dan, uh, UTEP Abilene Christian on September 19th last year. Yeah, UTEP was like, failed to cover in that one. I think you were, you were most displeased. Uh, I believe was, her I was. quote was something to the effect of, Dad, this is even low for you. Yeah, it was. That's the exact <laughs> quote. It was like, even for you, this yeah. is low. <laughs> And Pretty I had perceptive, no, actually. I, you know, I was like, no, no. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm watching a Probably. streaming service. <laughs> yeah. Okay, time to re-engage with my family. I've watched enough football today. <laughs> Here's some news. We have a Pat. All all boils back down to your crazy state. Two. Uh, first off, Cats uh, uh, University of Kentucky Wildcat. It's named uh, Will Levis. Their uh, starting quarterback uh, used to be over at Penn State. He went on the on the TikTok, went on the TikTok and ate a banana with the peel on. He ate a banana with the banana peel. I don't. They might fear, not win a game this year. I don't fear the brown <laughs> spots on bananas. They fear me. That was his quote. I don't fear the brown spots on the bananas. They fear me. Menace. Hashtag menace to society. And. <laughs> Your quarterback, Pat, your quarterback, quarterback. is eating a banana with the peel. He ate it like you'd, I don't know, like you'd eat a corn dog. He's clearly a, a complete sociopath. All right. Let's start with that. I mean, they are either, they are either going to be that team that gets the top 10 or. I, yeah. They go, they're explain else. They go, they go winless and bench Levis like by the end of September. Yeah. I mean, He's just, he's established major credibility and trust issues just with that. I mean, the fact that you would A, do it and B, put it on TikTok. Well, although I guess nowadays you got to put everything you do on TikTok or on some form of social media. So, yeah, I mean, a horrible looking banana. It's old. It's, I mean, oh, it's disgusting. So if I were Mark Stoops, I'd be calling an emergency meeting to say, can we still start this guy? <laughs> It's a Chiquita banana. They're in Cincinnati, I believe, corporate headquarters, right there across the river from Kentucky. Are they really? Yeah, I get him so. some bananas we, down there. We Ship him name, some image, and likeness. Ones. Right? Yeah. It's like he could start a trend where, like, you think those bad bananas, that's got to be like their worst fear is bad bananas. This guy's just eating. <laughs> yeah. I want to defer to Sully on this before I chime in because Sully had strong feelings about this. Like, <laughs> like this, this hit Sully's. This hit the brown spot of his soul. <laughs> it's just gross. Like, I, I don't think you could honestly. You're, you're trying to tell this this guy's going to read zone defense and, and man coverage, and he's over there sucking down a whole banana on the sidelines? No. He's, no. Uh-uh. No, I'm passing. I'm, I feel much better about the Tennessee over six games now because of this video. The bean pot. Should we put Kentucky in the bean pot now? The no, they pot. are. Yeah. I mean, what I, I, there's a couple things I love about it. First off, he's eating it shirtless. I don't know why, other than <laughs> if you look like Will Levis, you, you probably walk around as much as possible without a shirt if you're built like this. Um, the way he just eats it, and then, uh, you know, when you're trash talking a banana, <laughs> I, I don't fear the brown spots. I, I, I didn't think it was that easy to bite through the skin of a banana. 
Yeah, I don't want to know what all was involved with the digestion of that. I really don't. <laughs> you know? You ever hear about the people that eat the peanuts with the shells? Oh, this yeah. This is like the I, fruit version yeah. of that. No, I, I do that. Version. That's no problem. If it's, it's too salty, that's the only problem. If you get the unsalted, yeah. you're sorry. This They're is a t- banana t- peel. Uh, unsalted yeah. peanuts are the worst things in, on earth. We can't. We can't. <laughs> very what? few. There are very few items in the world eaten more than the banana, right? Like the banana yeah. is a staple. Every, like it's the banana. I've been watching people eat bananas. Everyone's eating bananas. Have you ever seen anyone eat it with the peel on? I mean, like Never. nobody. Never. That's a first. Uh, so that's what's stunning. This isn't like kind of a uh, like a you know niche uh, food group like some of uh, Pete's things. It's a damn <laughs> banana. I've never seen this. Yes, acai. Um, so Will Levis is like a very like interesting character in the college football landscape. I had never heard of Will Levis. Um, usually you <laughs> kind of hear of these quarterbacks, like somebody, especially a loser like me who follows this stuff way too close. Is it Auburn? Wasn't he for a while? And- no, no, I don't think so. No. Was it Penn State? Yeah. Penn State. So, Pat, were you at the Will Levis game against Ohio State in November of 19 when Ohio State was up 21 nothing, and then Clifford was playing poorly and they put in Will Levis? And I literally remember like being like, whoa, Will Levis, here we go. This is going to be 41 nothing." And then he gashed him on a couple of QB run plays and they scored a few times and he hit Pat Fryermuth. And then all of a sudden it was like 21-17. It was like, whoa, this could yeah. be like Will Levis's day. And then it wasn't. And it, it, but the game ended up fairly close. And pretty much that's all we've ever heard of from Will Levis since. Is that fair, Sully? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and the guy yeah. he beat out went to Auburn is who you're thinking of, Dan. Yeah, Joey ah, Gatewood. Joey I knew Gatewood. There, was a, there was an Auburn yeah. in there somewhere, yeah. This kid's Auburn's- from Connecticut. This is one of Pete's favorite three-star Connecticut recruits. How did he yes. not go to Michigan? I'm surprised Don Brown didn't recruit him. Well, that Levis, yeah, he came in and he, he had that rally against Ohio State. And everybody's like, oh, I love his moxie, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. You know? and, and then they used him in the same sort of situation a couple times last year, but not enough to really translate to anybody believing this guy is a high-level quarterback. He could run around a lot and make some plays happen, but, I mean. Hashtag menace to society, Pat. Hashtag menace to society. His biggest claim to fame as of now still is being the uh, just absolute criminal when it comes to bananas. Yes, that's right now. He's got that going for him. I'll give him the almost comeback that didn't happen as his claim to fame. No, I'll take this banana. I'm I'm intrigued. I will be watching. Congratulations, Will. Uh, Good job. Uh, And then also in Kentucky, uh, there's a lawsuit which I find heartening because it suggests there's actually some form of a legal system in Kentucky. I have no idea. (laughs) Optional. Uh, So there's a thing called Team Kentucky that the the state of Kentucky apparently created and filed a, uh, you know, it's like a we're all in it together kind of thing. Team Kentucky, and it's kind of being used with the, uh, the fight against COVID, right? Everybody's in this together. If we all band together, we're Team Kentucky. We can defeat COVID. And the University of Kentucky decided to sue the state of the Commonwealth of Kentucky, saying they own the rights to the name Kentucky. (laughs) The the University of Kentucky has filed a notice last week at the Patent and Trademark Office. This isn't even in the state. There is no law. There's no court in Kentucky, I don't believe. There's that one court that Patino kept having to go to. But other than that, (laughs) block the state's. Team Kentucky efforts arguing in a trademark document could create confusion 
with the university's athletic clothing name, which has been trademarked since 1997. Pat, does the University of Kentucky, let's pe- you know what, let's people's court this. We haven't had a people's court in a while. Does the University of Kentucky own the name Kentucky? Or does Kentucky own the name of Kentucky? Or does nobody own the name of Kentucky? Like, like if you really want to get technical about it, explain we're yourself. Say, I will. <laughs> you want to know who owns the name Kentucky? The Native Americans do, because Kentucky supposedly allegedly point. means dark and bloody ground, which very well fits <laughs> for the state of Kentucky. But you can go back to. Uh, the, uh, the, the myth of the a statement made by Dragging Canoe, a Cherokee leader, in March 1775 during treaty negotiations with uh, some white guy, Richard Henderson's <laughs> Transylvania Company. And that was at that point in time where that name apparently became associated with the state and dark and bloody ground it is, and it belongs, the name Kentucky belongs to the Cherokees or the, some other form of aboriginal people in America don't give it to the government and don't give it to the University of Kentucky. Period. How am I supposed to top that? Like an angry history lecture from opinion. Pat? Like Pat playing an 11th grade government teacher and just <laughs> angrily reading the history of the name of Kentucky? And I'm supposed to be able to manufacture that kind of vitriol to, to, to author a people's court opinion? No, Kentucky what you're supposed Kentucky. to do, as always, is just listen with me and listen to me and nod. So, yes, he's right. <laughs> once, once again. Kentucky owns Kentucky. This is simple. No screaming allowed. This is simple. <laughs> Who would be dumb I, enough to sue Kentucky over the name of Kentucky? <laughs> In Kentucky. Yes. Do you really think that the Team Kentucky COVID uh, like efforts are going to impact T-shirt sales? Have, have these people been around the state? You can't, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a guy in a UK shirt. That's the truth. I mean, Team Kentucky. No, not, 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 not. <laughs> So at some point in October of 2008, Pat and I were going to a Kentucky LSU game. It's when Andre Woodson was Kentucky's quarterback. Les Miles was still quirky and, uh, you know, fourth down gambling. And the game of the week in college football that week was uh, LSU at Kentucky, which just had a revival. So I met Pat at like a gas station somewhere near his place in Louisville to drive me to the game. And so Pat goes in to buy a Diet Coke and I'm uh, waiting out at the car. And Pat walks out of the gas station and these two like chucklehead Kentucky fans, head to toe in blue, are there. They recognize Pat because he's famous and especially in Kentucky. And they see him and they go, Pat forwarding, Pat, Pat, are the cats going to win? <laughs> and he just looks at him. He just looks at him and goes, no. <laughs> he keeps walking. <laughs> <laughs> However, I think the Pete, I think won. it was actually 2007, and I think they did win when LSU no, they was did ranked when it was number seven. one. You're right. LSU was yes, no, it one. was yes, it was when LSU. Yeah, it was the craziest year ever. LSU lost twice, but not in regulation not on their regulation. way to the national title. They were undefeated in regulation uh, <laughs> under the Mad Hatter, and yes, Kentucky, uh, Kentucky won, and the bourbon was. Uh, consumed at a high clip day. Was that Rich Brooks, Kentucky, Pat? Yeah. Yep, sure was. Applicants, applicants, team Kentucky and design, Mark, is highly similar to, similar to the opposer's Kentucky Mark, such as that is likely to cause deception 
Come on. In violation of Section 2A of the Trademark Act. Oh, my And material alter purchaser's decision to acquire applicants' goods. Applicants' team Kentucky and design mark is deceptive in that it falsely suggests a connection with or approval by the opposer. That's, That's why we became sports writers and not lawyers. Like, and we <laughs> wonder why. Yeah, they're getting paid on this. And we wonder why we cannot stop out COVID. We can't even get Kentucky to agree on what the word Kentucky means as we try to get everyone to be like, hey, let's try not to get each other sick. Seems like a universal thought. Like, anyone want to get sick in a, you know, in this country these days? Yeah. Yeah, I want it. Team Kentucky. Eat some bananas. It'll help. Good for your health. Eat them Will Levis style, and I'll, I'll lay off. I'll try to get the state act back together by the next pod. Please. I'll do Please. my best. Uh, you're, you're one thing for Pat Ford. He's great at bringing unity to yes. Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Because both Louisville and Kentucky fans hate him. Oh, yes. Well. That's hard to do. So, that's hard to do. Is, they, yeah. With good, maybe good even, with maybe even like competitive fervor. Like they could actually fight <laughs> over who hates him more. <laughs> There's been some of those discussions in my in my mentions before on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Well, this is team podcast, team college football and choir. And, and by the way, don't tell the don't tell Kentucky to get its act together. What would we talk about? Good point. <laughs> good point. I mean, there's not this kind of, of fun dysfunction in South Carolina or like other <laughs> random states. The cheese grater, the guy that stole the cheese grater. Yeah, the cheese oh, grater. The, cheese grater. Yeah. the meth was... head who stole the cheese grater to resell it. Like how much <laughs> meth are you getting out of a cheese grater resale? <laughs> yeah. A used, used Go to Pottery Barn, pawn it back. He stole my cheese grater. <laughs> All right. The dialysis fight, the legal fight. Yeah, we just had last week. We had the Dino Gaudio. Yeah, it's a good, great state. Great state. Great place. Commonwealth of Kentucky. My old Kentucky home. Talk to you guys later this week. Subscribe, share us on social media. Appreciate all the listenership, downloads, podcasts is rolling as we head into the season. And we uh, thank you for all of it. Talk to you later.